Welcome to Expresso Crime, a podcast all about crimes, short enough to listen to while you enjoy your cup of coffee. On today's episode will be two parts. The first part will be another round of true crime or fiction with Ollie, and then the second part will dive into the background and, and timeline of Samuel Little. We are back with round two of true crime or fiction, and this time Ollie has found the uh, story, so he will walk us through those, and then I will pick whether they are true crime or fiction. Let's go. Okay, so basically I'm not... The research is very minimal, so there might be some details I probably have wrong, so just a disclaimer that even if I say they're true crime, they might be wrong. So, number one. So there's a man who who won the lottery in Florida. Um, He ended up being very generous with his money and giving it to family and friends, um, kind of spending it in lots of places. Um, And eventually, um, a lady managed to kind of get on side and then trick him into taking over and managing all of his assets. period of time passes and his family hadn't heard anything from him um, and then they received a letter from from him saying that you know he's fine he's all good he's just um, doing whatever he's he's not sticking around at the moment um, and turns out the guy was illiterate and the lady who had taken over his fortune had um, had forged the letter so straight away his family called the police uh, and they ended up finding his body buried on her property so that's story number one what do you think okay so that feels like it could be a movie but anytime insurance lottery or Florida is involved I want to also say it's true crime, so I'm going to say that is true crime. Yes, that's a true story. Yep, so... I'm on the board. A true story there. Craziness. Silly lady. Okay, so number two then. So basically there's the, in uh, Irvine, California, there is, uh, you know, how schools have their PTAs. Oh yeah. So the president of a elementary school PTA, um, she is, you know, she's just at the school one day and the police get a call and they go in and they find a whole bunch of drugs and stuff in her car. And she's like, oh no, they're not mine etc etc someone must have put them there so basically they search her house and they have no reason to believe drugs are hers um, and basically it ends up being her arch nemesis her rival from the PTA has planted drugs in her car to try and get her in trouble so she can become the president of the PTA for whatever reason that's number two 
Okay, I don't want a bunch of Karens coming for me, so I want to say that is a movie. Hopefully no one's taking PTAs that seriously. That is a true story. Oh, no. Yeah. You can never trust these PTAs. So, one out of two. And, again, I'm not sure how good I am at telling these stories real facts, so I think there's probably a bit of blended truth and fiction probably in some of these as well. I'm not, I'm not as good of a researcher as you. Thank you. Don't worry. If there's anything wrong here, people will be sure to let us know, so... I'm trying to keep the information as vague as I can, just so we can say, whoops. So, number three. Um, this, little, this guy's little brother um, goes missing when he's about six years old in the, in the forest um, and then about 30 years later a renowned serial killer um, says that he was the one that killed him um, but it turns out he didn't actually kill him and the kid is still alive um, and the family's next door neighbour had actually kidnapped him and raised him as their own kid for 30 plus years um, and in fact the neighbour had saved the kid from the serial killer by saying he was his dad otherwise he probably would have ended up dead so almost, almost got killed but was actually kidnapped and Okay, I want to say this is a movie because I'm pretty sure I watched this on Netflix and I'm pretty sure you recommended it to me. So I'm going to go with movie. Well, it's a TV series. TV, okay, TV series, fiction. fiction. So yes, I did recommend it to you. I'm surprised <laughs> you remembered. That was a great uh, TV series. I can't remember what it's called, but I will remember and put it in the notes because that's well, must watch. Yes, we've also spoiled it now, so oh. I forget you heard it. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> okay, next one. So two out of three. Next one is. Um, 13 year old girl um, she's got a boyfriend and she I guess was talking to other people on Snapchat or something and uh, the, her boyfriend wasn't very happy about it so she basically hired a couple of people to um, beat him up Snapchat. 
Okay, I feel like I also have seen something like this, but internet, kids, dating, that's like so many TV series, but I want to say this is real. Yeah, this one's a true one. I feel like I gave that one away, but... Oh, yes, true story, sad times. Okay, so that's three out of four. last one. So number five, basically, there's this guy who uh, comes home, He's, uh, his wife's been having a hard time with mental illness, and um, so they, they'd end up moving from like the city into like a more rural area. Um, he comes home, they live by a lake, and he finds his three kids have been drowned. This has probably happened, but I feel like this is a movie or a fiction for this number five. For this number five, yes, it is fiction. <laughs> so I'm four out of five. I have finally got it on the board after last week. I always was right on every single one of mine. And um, this week is four out of five, and we will continue on this or some sort of games like this each Sunday. So, thank you for listening, and we're going to go into part two. The last episode, I talked about the longest crime spans, and the number one crime span was 35 years by Samuel Little. Today, I'll go through the timeline and background on him. He is the number one serial killer in U.S. history based off the amount of murders he's committed that have been confirmed. Samuel Little was born in the 1940s in Georgia and shortly after moved to Ohio where he was primarily raised by his grandparents. As a child he had sexual fantasies about strangling women and in junior high he struggled with discipline and achievements. In 1956 at the age of 16 he was convicted of breaking and entering and was held in an institution for juvenile offenders. In 1961, he was sentenced to three years for breaking into a furniture store, and he was released in 1964. In the late 60s, he moved to Florida to live with his mom, where he casually worked as a cemetery worker. Later on, in either 1971 or 1972, he murdered a woman near Miami, Florida. This is an unmatched confession and is one the FBI is trying to currently uh, identify correctly. By 1975, he was arrested 26 times through 11 states, and in 1981, he murdered, but it was not solved until 2019. He murdered again that year, and a year later, in Louisiana, he murdered, and the body was never found. Later that year, he was arrested, and in 1984, he was acquitted. Following being acquitted, he murdered in Kentucky. Again, this is an unmatched confession. Remember, he murdered again that year, and he was shortly arrested later. In July 1987, 
he was released from prison and in July of 1987 he committed murder and again in September of 1987. Two years later in 1989 he murdered again and again in 1991. In 1993 in Vegas he murdered though when speaking about the killing he noted the body would most likely never be found. The next year he once again committed murder. Another unmatched confession takes place in 1996 and from then on to 2005 he continuously went in and out of prison uh, and killing. His last killing was in 2005. In September 2012 he was arrested on a narcotics charge and with DNA tests uh, linked him to previous victims. In 2014 Samuel Little was convicted for the murder of three women near uh, LA that he killed in the 1980s. In 2018, Little confessed to the murder of 93 women and the FBI believes these confessions to be credible, though the years are unreliable. In December of 2020, Samuel Little died in prison. Samuel Little's crime son was 35 years with 60 victims confirmed. His method of killing was norm- normally strangulation and his victims were normally vulnerable and these murders not carefully investigated. Uh, Little also drew very detailed pictures of his victims which the SBI are now using to help solve the murders as they try to solve uh, these unsolved cases of, and there's 40 of those. Uh, So that's kind of the timeline and background of him, Uh, you know, throughout the U.S. He was killing in and out of prison, and uh, he wasn't actually charged with much until much, much later. Uh, Anyways, thank you for listening, and next Wednesday we will continue on with the timeline and background of the Green River Killer.